Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Ian Rappaport joins us at 530. Looking forward to a conversation with him. We'll get the uh, latest on uh, some of the, the things that happened around the Super Bowl, certainly for the Broncos, uh, making a big hire today. Uh, new VP of Player Personnel, Cody Rager. Uh, also, uh, we got the Senior Bowl this week. I don't know if you guys get, I, I mean, I kind of get into that stuff. I get into the, the draft stuff. Yeah. And yeah, you're, not going down this, you're not going down this year. I'm, I'm hanging out with you. Oh, I thought you would make it down there. This is the first time you haven't been in a while, huh? Yeah, I, I didn't get a chance to go last year either. Um, is Ben there? Ben is there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll we'll get uh, catch up with him when he comes back. But you got a lot of quarterbacks. That that's the thing that everybody's going to be uh, sort of focused in on is uh, Michael Penix Jr. Uh, Bo Nix is down there. Uh, Spencer Rattler, who was a, a pretty popular name a couple of years ago when he's at Oklahoma, went to South Carolina. So it's it's sort of interesting here for the Broncos, I think, and we'll we'll, we'll read a couple more of these texts here in just a second. But it uh, it is about catching the Chiefs now. That's it. it. That that's that's really that's it. what it's all about. There's this entire offseason, whatever that looks like. So whatever but, version, but it's, but it's been about that for years. the last eight eight years, right? You you right. always you always are trying to catch the team that wins it, and the Chiefs haven't won, you know, eight. Super Bowls, but they have won, I think it's eight AFC West titles consecutively. Mm -hmm. So it, for the Broncos and the Raiders and the Chargers, to me, it's all about what do we have to do now? And the Broncos took a step, I think, this year, right, by by ending the 17-game losing streak to Kansas City. That was big. And even no matter how it happened, that was big because you now, you, you don't have to hear about that every time you play the Chiefs twice a year. But the difference this year, I guess, from a conceptual standpoint, is that you have continuity of the coaching staff, right? I mean, you're, you're at least as we sit here right now, everybody's coming back. Uh, you have you're you're going to have consistency there, continuity with the head coach, continuity OC, uh, the DC, special teams, all those kinds of things. And, and now it is very singularly focused. What what who's going to be the, the quarterback that leads it? Yeah, I mean, so so it's unsettled. So you saying the coaching staff coming back? Uh, you know, gives us a better chance with the continuity, except we don't have the same quarterback. So I don't see, I don't see how that. Well, helps I was us last half full person. No, I'm so. just saying. I mean, just think about that, right? So you got everybody coming back except for the quarterback. You got to start over. So we're starting over. I mean, whether we like it or not, we're starting over because the new guy now has to go into this into this system and be taught. All of the things that were taught last year to Russell Wilson. So we start from zero again. So having a coaching staff come back means nothing if you don't bring the quarterback back. So this year is a, is a wash as far as you're concerned. I mean, it might as well have a brand new staff, brand new quarterback. I mean, it doesn't matter. You're learning it together. You're learning it together. I don't buy that. I'm sorry. Well, I'm just, I'm just letting you know. I, I, if, if if Sean Payton is wowed by one of these quarterbacks in the draft, whether it's a day one guy or, or otherwise, he finds his guy 
I, I think you can hit the ground running. I don't see why not. We see plenty of examples of guys that hit the ground running. Even Mr. Irrelevant with the 49ers, Brock Purdy, hit the ground running, and he was the fourth quarterback in that season. So, I, no, I don't, I don't buy that at all. I don't yeah. buy that you have to have a wash season just because you haven't settled on your you don't quarterback have an in advantage. January. You don't have an advantage. You don't why have not? an advantage. Because it, how do you get an advantage when you don't have your guy coming back? You have unscouted looks. You, you have, you're going to be starting a quarterback out there. I mean, Dave, <laughs> th- this is, this is exa- I mean, honestly, I'm not saying it's perfect, but I think, I think a lot of it comes down to, okay, you have to work with what's in front of you, no matter what. what like, either way you want to chop this up, you have to reset at that position. So I, I think there's an inherent advantage by the fact that you're going to be going out there and doing something that nobody else has seen. I I don't know if it's it's an advantage. I think it's it depends on who the quarterback is, right? Um, and I think again, I mean, there's reasons that Russell Wilson will not be back. And in Sean Payton's mind, there were more reasons for him not to be back than to be brought back. One of those reasons, although I don't think it was, it clearly was the main reason for Peyton at all. But one of those reasons was if you bring him back with how his contract is set up, he's going to be back for 24 and for 25. And I, I don't think Sean Peyton was, was, uh, in favor of that. And I don't think Sean Peyton looked at Russell Wilson and said, Hey, you know what? We can go to battle with this guy for the next 17 regular season games next year. And we can find a way to to get into the playoffs. I think whether right or wrong, I think Sean Payton's opinion was he's not given me enough reason for me to believe that we can move forward with this dude for not only next year, but the year after. Therefore, I punt. Now, well, and punting in this case sets the franchise back because Al's right in this regard. You do have to start over a quarterback. And no matter who you start over with, whether it's, Jared Stidham or another veteran or one of these young cats in the draft, um, it's it's going to take a minute for them to figure out what the hell's going on offensively here in town. Did watching the Kansas City Chiefs this weekend reaffirm your belief that you want them to be more aggressive in the draft? Because you've been saying for a while, the Dave, Broncos? That, yes. Only if they identify a guy, and, and to me, again, it comes down to Peyton. I keep saying Sean Peyton. Well, He's the guy making decisions in this franchise, in this organization, from a football standpoint, period. I'm not saying he doesn't talk to anybody about it, but he's the guy ultimately that has to feel comfortable. So, yes, if he sees one of these young cats that he really likes, I would be in favor wholeheartedly of trying to put a package together to move up as high as I thought I needed to to get that guy that I like. Is that, you know, one, two, or three going to be tough? To move up, but not impossible. You're going to have to mortgage a good part of your future, and then you got to make sure you're right. So there's, I mean, there's there's a lot of reward if you can do that, and there's also plenty of risk too. I don't, I don't think they would do that, but I wouldn't rule out anything in this draft with respect to the Broncos finding a quarterback. Nothing. What about you, Alfred? I mean, I know that you're still on the Russell Wilson train. I'm even getting texts here saying Ryan is wrong. I hope Russ is back. Thank you, Al. This is the deal. I'm just trying to live in the reality of the situation more so than the hope. Hope is a dangerous thing, but <laughs> I, I'd say the reality is that the Broncos are more likely at this point to be adding to the room than than at this point keeping a status right. quo. I mean, it's just, um, okay, we'll go get our guy. 
we'll go get our guy um, in the draft. And if they if they pinpoint a guy that they believe that can help this franchise beat Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, I'm in. I'm in. That's all I want. I want to be able to say that my team is the AFC West champs. Because if we're saying that, then we're probably saying that this team has enough firepower to win the Super Bowl. Because that dude over there in Kansas City, he's the real deal. And if you can beat that team and, and win your division, then, then you're starting to talk about winning a Super Bowl. I mean, because that's what, you know, there are, there are 30 teams right now that are really disappointed. 30 of them. 30 of them that are really disappointed. And then after uh, the Super Bowl, there's going to be one team that's going to be disappointed. And that's the way it works. You know, there can only be one champion per calendar year. And this this year we got the 49ers with a chance to win and the, and the Chiefs with a chance to win. I don't want to just make it to the playoffs. I want a guy that's going to help us win the Super Bowl. So that that's my whole agenda here. And so when I talk about Russell Wilson, I'm talking about a guy who has won a Super Bowl Against us, the Denver Broncos, okay? And he, I think he has the ability to make the special plays. And the special plays are the ones that you don't draw up and, 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 you know, they, they are made to, you know, they're made, they're, they're made by special players. So I, I would, I'd say that Russell Wilson is one of those guys. It's just that he played off schedule so much this past year, it probably drove Sean, Sean Payton crazy. But, but the bottom line is you got to make a decision, Al. So if you want him, what you're saying is you want him for 24 and 25. I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So you would have kept him for 24 and 25? I would have kept him because you know what? Okay. He, he's, he comes back with the coach. So I understand, I understand what you're asking me is do I want Russell Wilson as a pseudo long-term fix? At least two years. Right. And I'm saying, yes, I do, because I believe that guy can make special plays. And that's you don't have a whole bunch of guys that can make those special plays. And so when you get one, you try to keep them as long as you can. But for whatever reason, man, you know, hey, we we uh, we're going to we're going to we're going to move off of them. I mean, I think I think it's easy to overlook all the you know, and I'm not bashing Russell. But I think it's easy to overlook. Yes, I agree. He can make special plays, but it's easy to overlook how this team played in the first part of the year. Yeah. And there were plenty of plays that were not made that were a direct result of the guy playing quarterback. And I think it drove the head coach. And I'm not, I mean, listen, the head coach has done some things that I disagree with for sure. So, I mean, he doesn't get a free pass with me. I'm just saying, if you're Greg Pinner, you hired. Sean Payton, you gave him a five-year deal. You wanted the culture of your program changed. I don't know if there, I don't know if there are a hundred out there in terms of that the way that has taken place. Um, but if if Sean Sean Payton goes to you and says, "Listen, I don't think we can get to where we want to get to if we commit to him for two more years at quarterback," then if you're Greg Pinner, what do you do? Say, "Well, you better go figure it out. You better go figure it out." I mean, I guess that's one option, mm -hmm. but then you've got a head coach that does not believe in the quarterback that he inherited, and you just signed the head coach to a five-year, $100 million, whatever it was, deal. So, I mean, it's not a good situation to be in. I, I think we all can agree yeah, with that. It's not.
what I'm looking for, and I and I guess we sure. lost to some terrible teams this year, man. We lost to some terrible yeah. teams. I mean, we lost and, to and some terrible teams this year, and then sure we beat some that. great. Then we beat some great teams, right? You know, so man, just let's. I'd, I'd like to run it back, man. But the team, but the teams. You're right. They beat some really good teams, but the lion's share of those victories only happened when the defense was turning their opponent over on an unbelievably high rate. When the Broncos' defense could not or did not create turnovers, when they had fewer than two turnovers created in a game this season, they won one game. So it's just got to create a lot of turnovers. Well... That's it. We solved the Broncos, everybody. Yeah, Have a good you night. Go. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, you, gotta, you know what? Watching, uh, watching uh, the Lions this year, man. Man, I think we got to get a we got to get a home run hitter at running back. We got to get a we got to get a home run hitter. I'm with you on that. I mean, this is this is we got to get a home run hitter at at at, at running back, and we got to get a home run hitter at wide receiver. I didn't even have tied into that. Honestly, look at the teams I, I that think are playing. We, I think we're fine at tight. I mean, we're fine. So it's much, fine. so much of what we, so much of what we <laughs> had limitations on was because I think Sean Payton asked Russell Wilson to do the things that he's really not good at early on in the season, and then later on, you know, when we started winning, we started to do the things that uh, Russell was good at. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here watching the Commanders game right now. And we got Russell Wilson running outside on quarterback keeps. And, you know, we, we, we're slicing up the uh, commanders. And then, you know, we, we just lose that. We, 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 we did that one more time. I think we did one more time against the, the Cleveland Browns. And that's it. I'm like, man, you, so you only use that package, you know, less than five, ten times in a year. Man, you got to use that guy and all of his ability. It's like, it's like, you know, we, we, we ask. Russell Wilson to do the same things that the uh, Ravens asked Lamar Jackson to do, and that's to stay in the pocket and throw the ball and beat your opponent. Neither one of them are good at that. Listen, man, I, I understand where you're coming from. I like Russell Wilson a lot, too. It's not about liking Russell Wilson, okay? This is not about liking Russell. I'm telling you, I just want somebody who is special at the position. But what I'm looking for is the fit with the coach. And, and we saw a perfect example of that with the two teams playing the NFC. Jared Goff was a great fit for what Ben Johnson is trying to do. And simultaneously, Brock Purdy, who I don't know if would be a starter on maybe half the league, is a great fit with Kyle Shanahan. It's about the fit. It doesn't even matter where you get that quarterback at this point. But let me ask you a question. The Lions offense and the San Francisco offense, does the Broncos offense look anything like, from a schematic standpoint, either one? No way. Okay. So, so, so whose fault is that? Well, I mean, it's, it's the style of what you're running here with Sean Payton. Sean Payton's offense does not look anything like Kyle Shanahan's offense. Does not look like Ben Johnson's offense. Doesn't look like Ben Johnson's offense. Man, that dude can call some run plays. And then they went away from the run yesterday. The Lions did. Went away from the run. They only had eight runs in the second half. Well, Jameer Gibbs fumbled on one of them. Well, okay. He fumbled on one of them. But, I mean, get back to it. Yeah, they were gashing him. I mean, gashing him, man. So, so head coaches, basically, offensive head coaches, get to decide what – my point was what the offense they run 
looks like. Sure. And, and Sean has had great success running an offense. Um, he's had great success. You go back and look at look at the numbers they posted over a 16-year career. I mean, they've been in the top, whatever, uh, 10 scoring a lot, top five scoring quite a bit. So he's comfortable with that offense. That offense and how they like to run it is not a good fit for Russell. So therein, to me, right. lies lies the issue. Absolutely. So you either, if you're Greg Pinner, because you're the boss of both of them, you either say, listen, I'm going with Russ. He's 35 years old. We're going to commit to him, you know, $39 million next year, $39 million guaranteed in 2025. He's going to be the starting quarterback. Do you want to coach him or not? Or you say... Sean, you don't think you don't think this is a workable situation. So therefore, you're the head coach. You get to decide what you want to do in the football side. And I think Pinner took the latter. I mean, I think, you know, it might not be quite that simple, but I think it's close to being that simple. It feels like that, right? Yep. It feels like that. It feels like uh, I mean, not not all control, but a lot of the football decision control has been handed over to Sean. Yeah. And and I guess at some level because of the investment you put in him, you kind of have to do it. You have to see his vision through. And that's do you, would you be surprised if Sean Payton, in his oh, I almost swore in his gut, <laughs> in his gut, believed that you know what? If I have Jared Stidham for seventeen games, I can get absolutely as much out of him on offense as I got out of Russell. Mm, that's it, some coaching it, arrogance right there, if that's the case. What do you think, Al? He probably thinks he can. But I'm just letting you know, he can't. <laughs> 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 just being honest. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what coaches do. I mean, some coaches, you know, hey. They do, I, man. People love reclamation projects in the NFL. And so, you know. Well, he not, Stidham it wouldn't even be that. Right, because he's never been a a starter. Right, I mean, he got five he, games in with the Raiders, right, and then you know replacing the car. And yeah, I mean, yeah. And I'm just looking at these highlights from Russell Wilson early on. You're tor you're just torturing yourself. That's man. all right, bro. He's gonna be playing for probably the Raiders or something, huh? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say that, or maybe the Falcons or Patriots, or we maybe just, Steelers. Yeah, man, we just didn't have it early on in the... I mean, if we would have had it together early on in the season, man, we would have had a smoking good year. I mean, this year would have been fantastic if we would have got it together earlier. And we had some, you know, we had some moments where, you know, we, we, we should have just beat beat teams and, and did everything the right way, and then, you know... Fumble here, interception, or uh, it's just untimely to the point where you say, we lost to the Jets. We lost to the Commanders. Raiders. We lost to the Raiders twice. Come on, man. You can't. Come on, man. And then you beat the Bills and you beat the the the, the, the Bills Browns, the Browns you Chiefs. beat the Vikings. Yeah. Chiefs. Chiefs. <laughs> Yeah, go figure, man. Should have beat the Texans, right, Al? Yes, if we would have, listen, if we wouldn't have had that game plan against the Texans and we just said we were just going to go out there and run the ball, I mean, did you see the way that the Baltimore Ravens wrecked shop on the on, on the Texans, man? I mean, just wrecked shop. They just said, you know what, we're going to run the football at you. We dare you to stop us. 
if we would have did the exact same thing instead of trying to throw the ball, because going into that game, the Houston Texans had the 32nd ranked pass defense. So we said that we were going to air it out against that team, and that cost us. Just run it. By the way, speaking of running it, you, know, you were mentioning Detroit and uh, running the ball. Did you realize they ran for 182 yards against the 49ers? They got 40-something on that uh, end around. Yeah, 42 from Jameson Williams on the one play. But even even Montgomery and Gibbs, like Montgomery had 15 carries for 93 yards, averaging 6.2 per carry. I, I tell you what, I, I've been so impressed with him this year. I sort of thought he was just a you know good player, NFL back. Uh-uh. That dude's a real he's, deal. He's real. No, that was a that was a great signing from Detroit, and and yeah, to your point, people laughed at Detroit on uh, draft day <sighs> with Jameer Gibbs at twelve. Yeah, they laughed at him. Yeah, that like the Lions don't know what they're doing, and then you know, minus that fumble yesterday. I, I mean, I mean, I I think that was his first fumble of the year. Was yeah, that he the had first? one other one? So yep. this dude fumbled twice, and he gave them all kind of juice at the running back position. Sure did. I mean that that is He's what a great you want. young player. Great young player. We need a guy like that. Do you think that the and I, and I ask this generically, the quarterback can solve a lot of those those issues, right? I mean, when you have some questions about talent, you have some questions about depth. Uh, if you have the right quarterback, I mean, I think Mahomes is a perfect example this year. We, we've been dogging that wide receiver group the entire year. Now, Rishi Rice has come on and he's he's looked pretty good late, but early on in the season was like, wow, this is one of the least talented wide receivers in the uh, wide receiver groups in the entire NFL. But they got Mahomes, so in the end, they're just going to find a way to win a lot of games. The Broncos could be in the same situation. I, don't, I mean, if you get and the right what? quarterback, wide receiver. If you get the right quarterback, I think that they, they can make almost any wide receiver group look good. Especially we watched uh, Peyton Manning do the same thing out in Indianapolis for years. Yeah, well, listen, you're talking about Patrick Mahomes and Peyton Manning, and plus Peyton Manning didn't have an average wide receiver room. Peyton Manning had two Hall of Famers. What are you? Uh, <laughs> well, he had Austin Collie. Like there was years yeah, of Austin Collie. Two, two Hall of Fame wide receivers. Yeah, at the very beginning, but like there were there were points during that time when he had a, a litany of wide receivers like Blair White and Austin Collie, Marvin and, Harrison. Yeah, but that was an entire career there in Indianapolis. Well, the, a large, large portion of it. No, I don't think you can take an average quarterback and make an average wide receiver room like really good. Now, I think you can with with some of the concepts. And go, go look at Detroit. I mean, look at some of the way Detroit would throw, and so does Kansas City to a certain degree, like third down and nine. Yes. They're, they're throwing some sort of smoke screen to a receiver. But it's well-coordinated. Mm-hmm. It's it's The scheme is good. I mean, they do a lot of really good things. Mm-hmm. Detroit, mm-hmm. Miami does the same thing. I mean, Kansas those, City does, those, too. Kansas City, those three teams are probably the three best in the NFL at that. I mean, those smoke screens that Kansas City was uh, using yesterday against the Ravens were absolutely devastating to them because it was their run game. That was their substitute for the run game. Ian Rapport joins us next. Dave Logan, Big Al, Ryan Edwards. You ready for it? You know I am. KOA Sports. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, Protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.
And to help us break it all down, we head out to our KOA Common Spirit Health Hotline and bring on Ian Rappaport, our NFL Network Insider, presented by Chevron Colorado, the human energy company committed to our local communities and safely delivering affordable, reliable, ever cleaner energy. Good evening, Ian. How are you? What's going on? How you guys doing? What a fantastic day of football we had yesterday. Close games that meant a lot to both communities that were uh, um, uh, part of those uh, games. How did it? How did it all work out as far as the NFL goes? Did the NFL win last weekend? I mean, I think the games were awesome. Um, you know, really like high intensity, high octane. You know, I think the first game was. You know, maybe not quite the high-scoring affair we all thought, but it was intense, right? I mean, it was intense. And, you know, I think part of the deal is when you, you go through these games, which you'd really like is do the best teams get in. And to me, watching these teams, it's hard to argue that the best teams didn't get in. You know, obviously it's a familiar matchup. I know a lot of people probably would have preferred maybe a little more Detroit, maybe a little more Baltimore, maybe a little less Taylor Swift, which I would say too bad. Um, these teams are both awesome, and I'm looking forward to the game. Hey, Ian, when you uh, when you look at the AFC Championship game, Baltimore, I mean, Baltimore, top defense in the league. You've got the presumptive MVP in Lamar Jackson. You're the number one seed. You're playing the game at home. Um, did it surprise you that the Ravens' game plan evidently did not employ more runs? They led the league in rushing, and I think running backs – took handoffs running the football six times total in four quarters. Well, I I was surprised. Now, I don't necessarily think that it's a bad thing to throw on first down. I thought it's fine. The main issue to me is not like how many runs is they could never get into a rhythm. You know, it's like they tried. They tried different things. And, And then the other thing is a lot of times what Baltimore will do is they'll run, run, run. They'll hit a deep pass. They missed a couple deep balls. You know, and, and not that a lot of guys were open because, like, it seems like every time they showed that wide-angle shot, and that was not in the stadium, so it's tougher to see at home, but every time they showed that wide-angle shot, it just didn't look like guys were really that open. Um, and that's a problem. So when you, you know, you take that deep shot, you got to hit it because you don't get many chances, and they didn't hit it. Um, and that was very unlike Baltimore. And, you know, I think it would have been fun to see Lamar on a big stage, but, again, like, we don't get to pick, so... Sort of, it is what it is. A lot of debate today about what Dan Campbell did as far as uh, coaching job there in that game against the 49ers. Where do you come down on some of the key decisions he made? You know, he had gotten here by being himself and by being bold and daring and innovative. And so, you know, he goes for it on fourth down instead of kicking the field goal was about seven minutes left, right? Mm-hmm. Seven minutes left. Yep. The third quarter, yeah. Um, I was okay with it because this is very him. And you're not going to get where you need to go and then just say, like, all right, well, I'm just going to change. You know, I would have picked the field goal, but the Lions were in this position in part because Dan Campbell is who he is. So I was okay with it. I had more of an issue with all of those drops in the third and fourth quarter. Oh, my God. I mean, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, who – it was Laporta, and then it was Josh Reynolds. Reynolds. And, like, man, you know, like, so we can talk about the play calling and the decision-making, going from fourth down, just catch the ball, and I don't think we're having this conversation. Well, now that the games are done and uh, we have the Super Bowl set, 
Does that mean now that Ben Johnson will become the head coach of the Washington Commanders? I don't know about that. Um, you know, I think a lot of times in this coaching cycle, you sort of like, you know, you assume something and then you say like, you say, everyone just sort of speaks it into existence. And I'm not sure it's exactly reality. So like, obviously he's a strong candidate, but you know, he's going to have to win that job. And I think part of the problem this year is there's a lot of really good candidates. There are a lot of really good candidates and he is one of them, but he is not you know, sort of out there, leader type. He's cerebral. He is very smart. He's a great offensive coordinator. There are others who will probably, you know, let's say win you over a little bit more. Um, I'm curious to see which direction they go because I don't think they could go wrong with how many great candidates there are. You know, adding to that, the other job that is open, and it's it's curious to me that it's stayed open this long, is Seattle. What, what are you hearing about the Seahawks job? Well, you know, the interesting one there is Mike McDonald. He is the Ravens' defensive coordinator. He is very young and very good and very charismatic. And, you know, the, the Seahawks didn't get a chance to interview him kind of in that first window. So what they were willing to do, to my understanding, is wait until after the Super Bowl to talk to him. And that, to me, you know, dem demonstrates real significant interest. So I don't know which direction they're going to go, but if that ended up as their head coach, it would not totally surprise me because, you know, he's a really good candidate, and they sort of indicated how much they think of him with their actions. Ian, when Sean Payton addressed the media a couple of weeks ago in the end-of-season press conference, he said the decision on Russell Wilson won't be a long, drawn-out process. What does that mean to you? I mean, to me, it means they'll know before free agency. You know, like that's what this means. I mean, you're what you're basically doing now is you're assessing, right? And I think you know teams have the opportunity to assess over the month after the season. You know, it's, and it's not like everyone just goes to their desk and works straight. You take a couple of weeks off, you relax. There's nothing that needs to be done. So to me, if it gets done before free agency gives them some whatever it is, whether it's keep them, whether it's move on, whether it's trade, whatever it is. Um, you know, I would say if that's Whenever they make that decision, they just need to be nimble enough to move on and, and find a new direction. Um, I think they have plenty of time to do that. Ian, uh, you know, it's been a while since I bought a Super Bowl ticket. Do you have any idea of what these tickets face value will be for this upcoming Super Bowl? I'm not, I know that things are going north, but I've heard some crazy numbers in the past. What are you hearing about what it's going to cost for a Super Bowl ticket? You know, honestly, I'm not even sure. Uh, I don't buy tickets either. I, I will have a pass, and I will be watching from my spot in the press box, I believe. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm sure it's a lot would be my guess. Hey, last question for me, uh, Ian. We're talking to Ian Rappaport from the NFL Network, our uh, NFL insider. Uh, free agent quarterbacks, I want to get your take on and one in particular, Kirk Cousins coming off the – the injury, the Achilles injury, they're, they're seemingly uh, a movement that thinks that he will stay eventually in Minnesota. Are, are you uh, of the same mind with respect to Cousins? I am. Um, now we'll see. He's going to have some interest. But to me, he's coming off an Achilles. You know, it was their doctor did the surgery. They have all the information. And he was really good there. I mean, he was really good. And I know he didn't finish the season and was injured. But, like, when he was there... They were incredibly productive, and the record was okay, but he was really good. So to me, 
if, you, if you're the Vikings, like, do you want to upgrade from him? Like, yeah, you probably do. But he's a really good quarterback who puts up a lot of yards and a lot of points and is yours. And my guess is he's probably not going to cost as much as he was because of the Achilles. So, um, you know, I would say it makes a lot of sense for me to keep him. Do you think there's any truth to these rumors about Andy Reid following this game, possibly stepping away? I've never heard any truth to the rumors. I mean, there's always going to be rumors. I think before every game this year, there's somebody floating a like, you know, is Todd Bowles in trouble or, you know, is Andy Reid going to step down or will this coach get fired? I mean, that's just the nature of the business. There's a lot of clicks out there to be had. Um, and maybe it's true. I would never say in the NFL, it's all possible. I just personally have not heard that. Well, the last thing I have for you is that, um, you know, we know that this uh, Super Bowl will give us a lot of great players. Uh, but this kid, uh, Chris uh, Chris Jones from uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, is going to be a free agent. Do you believe that there is another franchise there for the Kansas City Chiefs? Or do you believe that they let him hit the free agent market? Um, you know, it, it helps to keep great players. I mean, he's, he's 30 years old, so he's sort of on the wrong side of it. But to me, he is a great player. It makes sense to keep great players. Um, I think if it's not him, though, they will certainly get paid. He will certainly get paid. Ian, appreciate it as always. We'll chat with you next week. Okay, look forward to it. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Ian. All right, Ian Rapport, our NFL Network insider. This is our chance to win $1,000 coming up in the next five minutes from the KOA Traffic Center. Here's Darren Copeland. I, I think a lot of us expected, again, as we were just talking with Ian about, uh, Adam Schefter had a similar comment earlier today saying that uh, just because everybody assumes it'll be Ben Johnson there with Washington and Dan Quinn, out there in Seattle, that's not necessarily the case. I, I think in in some respects, the league, we've seen a lot of teams go younger. Now, the Broncos, you know, Sean Payton is 60. That's certainly not old. But we've seen in recent years, last couple of years, we've seen some some young up-and-coming coordinators kind of be the the way to go. So we, we talked about this. The league copies... If somebody hits and that goes all the way back to the Rams hitting on Sean McVay, right? The Rams hit a home run with Sean McVay, who was just a little over 30. Mm-hmm. And there are people that criticized him and said, wait, that's too young. And what's he done? He's, he's, he's done a great, great job. So it'll be interesting. But we, we had thought maybe Dan Quinn, if Dan Quinn was going to be the head coach of Seattle, he'd already be the head coach. Right. It's been, it's been available for weeks now because Dallas lost the first round. It's really incredible. And that, and the question I asked you in the break, and we have to show me the money in a second, but the question I asked you is, is does Dallas want him back? I mean, he, he might very well have been scapegoated as part of the reason Mike McCarthy's even back in that building right now at all. <laughs> scapegoated for a team that performed that exceptional level and, and got the number two seed in the, uh, in the playoffs, but right? the defense was an ab- abject disaster. They, you know, they had a bad day. Game. They had a bad day. They, you know, when you when you're having a bad day, you know, we had a bad day against the um, against the Miami Dolphins. It, it just it, you just don't want it to happen in the playoffs. But it happens. You know, when you're having when a when a guy has your number, you can't do anything about it. You know, no matter no matter what you say, no matter what kind of inspiration you're trying to uh, deliver over to your defense, when somebody has you scouted, okay. When somebody has you scouted, it is the worst feeling in the world when you're a defense because you know that they have an answer for everything that you're doing. And I've been on defenses where where teams have 
um, had answers for everything that we were trying to do on defense. And it just, it just, it stinks, but that's what happens every now and then. So, you know, too bad the offense didn't play well. I mean, the numbers ended up looking pretty good, but they weren't, they, 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 that was, I would say garbage time, but that's not exactly the case. Anyways, it's something that I, I find kind of fascinating, especially because Washington and Seattle have been very patient up to this point. And, and it certainly makes you think that they, they have not settled on the direction they're going to go. Or the guy that they know they want has been working. Could be the case. Right. I mean, the youngest guys in the NFL, Gerard Mayo and still Sean McVay. Gerard Mayo is the youngest at 37. And Sean McVay is 37. Kevin O'Connell is 38. Shane Steichen is 38. Brian Callahan is 39. How about D'Amico? D'Amico is 39. And Mike McDaniel is 40. So there you go. That and Mike Gannon. I mean Jonathan Gannon is forty. So that's the list of the young coaches. So in their early thirties, that that's Sean McVay. Really, I mean, he hit a home run. 